Welcome back to Mining Stock Daily, everybody. I promise this will be the last corporate update of the week. Uh, happy to welcome in uh, I don't Francis McDonald of Lift Power. Francis, uh, I know a lot of people know you, have followed your work. Uh, I don't know if you've ever actually ever been on the podcast before. This is the first time. That's right. Oh, man. I feel kind of guilty about it. <laughs> Thanks but- <laughs> for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the I mean, party. you and I, yeah, yeah, uh, you and I have known each other for a while, but I've just, uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't think you've actually been on the pod. Uh, but let's change that. Uh, you are the CEO of Lyft Power. You trade on the CSE with LIFT and on the OTC with LIFFF. Uh, you working on a lithium project up in Northwest Territory uh, there in Canada. Uh, you've got your first drill assays back let's table that for a second here because we probably need to get some pleasantry introductions out of the way about lift power and let's talk about where you came from because i think there's gonna be a lot of familiarity that people are going to recognize sure so lift is a relatively new company i would say it was listed on the cse it's only been trading about a year and so how lift started it has to go back to my previous company, Kenorland Minerals, that I was a founder of. And, and I know Zach Flood's been on the podcast a number of times and people might have seen him uh, here and some other places. So Kenorland, I was one of the founders in 2016 with, with three other people and we set out to look for new exploration opportunities. So we did that. We made a gold discovery in the James Bay region called Renault and that was with a Sumitomo Metal Mining. And as we branched out from gold, we started looking at other commodities. And I think the, the real light bulb for me was I was looking at how many meters of drilling go into different deposit types in Canada in order to get to a feasibility study. We were really focused on orogenic gold, which is quartz vein hosted gold. And for that type of deposit, it takes 500,000 meters to one one and a half million meters of drilling in order to get a deposit up to the point to to get to a feasibility stage. Porphyries were 200,000 to around a million meters. And then eventually I came to lithium pegmatites and these things you need 20,000 to 50,000 meters to get these things to a feasibility stage. So that's when it really just kind of, that kind of blew my mind. I mean, you're talking an order of magnitude less drilling and then the other thing that I looked at was the Wabuchi feasibility study. So this was Namaska Lithium. This is currently one of the largest, I think it's the second largest spodumene resource in Canada. And they had a $4.5 billion NPV on their 2017 feasibility study. So when you look at that, $4.5 billion of NPV came from 50,000 meters of drilling. And from a, from a, exploration risk standpoint and also a return on your exploration dollars it's just magnitudes better to go out and look for these lithium pegmatites so yeah go ahead cut me off <laughs> no I, well I, it's, it's it's really interesting because I, I i've never i've never been i've never been explained that before but it's but let me ask you i mean like were you interested because I mean, we could take this a number of different directions were you interested in going after lithium more because of, and maybe the simplicity of it is a terrible phrase, but I'm just going to use it anyways. It's it's a simplified exploration model, but you're also like in this like lithium craze right now. 
did that have anything to do with your you know change of direction here as an exploration geo uh well when we started lift it had zero impact on it because this was um we started looking at lithium in late 2020 and we had staked this ground in early 2021 so that's when lithium prices were still at lows like the run hadn't happened yet and that's you know that's how i came at it was just the return on exploration dollars was just incredible um yeah. I, and, and one of our shareholders in Kenorland, so he had been investing in the lithium space for about 10 years and so i went to him and i said hey got some ideas about where lithium should be in james bay i don't know anything about it but you probably do so i took him through the pitch and he was just like man this is open ground are you serious? And this was all of the ground around Wabuchi. So at today's lithium prices, Wabuchi, 50 million tons at 1.4%, that's something like, it's like a 30 million ounce gold deposit at like 15 grams per ton. And all of, hmm. all of the ground was open around it. So for him, he saw that lithium was going to move. You know, I had no idea about lithium at all. It was just, I said, okay, I like the, the, the deposit type because of the exploration, um, the return on dollars for exploration. And like, okay, here's a big deposit. Let's just stake all the ground around it. And there's probably something else there. So this is how Lyft started, was, was an exploration concept in James Bay, staking ground around a big deposit. And this is kind of the MO of, of Kenorland Minerals, is look for big deposits, stake ground, and go out and look, for, uh, look in areas that people haven't looked, do something that people haven't done. So we did that, and that's how Lyft started. We, Kenorland staked it, we vended it into a company that became Lyft, and that's, uh, it was off to the races from there. And you spun this out to uh, shareholders, is that correct? So the way it worked, Kenorland staked the ground, and we, we I think it was $200,000 to stake the ground. Lyft acquired the project from Kenorland 100% at the time, and that was for a $200,000 cash payment. Lyft had to issue 9.9% of the shares once it listed, and then a 2% NSR on the whole property. So it wasn't really a spin out. It was a, it was a, a sale, okay. um, but you know it was kind of within the group. I would say. Okay. Okay. Very good. Uh, so let's talk about the Yellowknife project you have up there in Northwest Territory. Um, this is the that flagship project that you've been working on. You got your first. Uh, drill results back here and the highlight was almost 80 meters of 1.13 percent lithium and 40 meters or 39 meters of one and a half percent lithium uh you know first i think it was like the first few holes here uh, but obviously very positive results i mean i don't think is were you surprised by any of this francis uh no because the thing with the yellow knife project is that it's a portfolio of spodumene pegmatites this has been known about since the 50s and explored since the 50s. And the reason it's been known about for so long is that they, they stick out of the ground. You can see these things from space. So you can go on Google Maps or Google Earth and you can zoom in and, and they just pop out. So they've been known about since the 50s. There's been a lot of work that's been done on them since then. And in the 70s, there was a really extensive channel sampling program. And so that was, I think it was like every 25 or 50 meters. So a lot of work done at surface and they had economic lithium grades at surface. 
So the initial drill holes, the targeting strategy is pretty simple, is we're just drilling underneath these historic channel sampling results um, and, and hitting them 50 meters below surface. So is it a surprise? Not really. Um, the grades, for me, the biggest uh, worry was that the grades would be lower than was reported in the past because you pick up two rocks, you know, one's got a bunch of spodumene in it, the other one doesn't, you know, what do you throw in the bag? Eh, probably the good one. You know, is there's always that risk, but the grades are surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, but the grades are very similar to what was reported in the past. And the depth, it was pretty shallow, uh, pretty shallow from surface. And so really the unknown here, it seems like, is just how deep these things go. Sure. And so our strategy, um, because these things stick out of the ground, we have so much information on surface. We, we know what the surface extent is, and all we're doing is drilling these things on 100 meter centers. So when I say that, that's 100 meters along the surface trace of it, and then also 100 meters down the dip of it. And it's really, it's like a 3D grid, or it's like a grid in, th in the third dimension at 100 meter spacing. So we, we don't know what it's going to be at depth, um, but you know, from the first row results, it's, it's looking like it does at surface, which is great, and proves our thesis that you know, this is a world-class district, and, and you know, we will go on proving that and building tonnage out for, for a resource estimate. Um, and so that's the strategy is just keep stepping out on 100 meter centers, down dip, along strike, and then we're going we're gonna to be able to produce a inferred resource estimate fairly quickly. How quickly? So we've budgeted 45,000 meters for this summer program, and we've drilled about 10,000 meters to date. Obviously, with a big drill program like this, you start small and you, and you eventually scale it up. So we're at five drill rigs right now. We're adding the sixth drill rig in about 10 days. So we'll be done the 45,000 meters by the end of October. We're on track. We're actually a little bit ahead of schedule and a little bit under budget right now. And that will be our first look at these things. So we'll take all of that information that we've gained from the summer program. We'll take it to a resource modeler. They'll probably say, mm, you need some more information here, here, and here. We'll go back out in the winter once things have frozen up. So that's looking like probably the end of January that we'll start drilling. And then we'll get probably two more months of drilling in. That will, that will be, that's the end of drilling. So assays will come back mid-May. And then probably around um, kind of July, August, that's uh, when we can expect the inferred mineral resource to come out. Okay, very interesting. Uh, you know, uh, forty-five thousand meters—that's a pretty—that's a pretty hefty program. Talk to us about the cost of drilling there. What's your kind of all-in cost per meter drilling Yellowknife? Sure. So what we budgeted was seven hundred and fifty dollars a meter all-in, and this is a helicopter-supported drilling program in the summer. We have to build a camp. Um, we're starting from zero on this project, so it's not like we have all the established infrastructure already. We really are having to come in and, and put everything together. So right now we are we're tracking under budget on that. Um, so you know it's going to come in under I would say under seven hundred and fifty bucks a meter. Okay, very good. And how much cash do you have in the bank right now? We started July with thirty-five million. And so just the history of that, we, we did a $7 million Quebec flow-through financing for our Quebec projects in October of last year. And then we did a $35 million 
charity flow through financing that closed in March of this year. So we were pretty cashed up. Um, we started June with about 47 million in cash. And obviously, if you go out and drill a 45,000 meter drill program, the point of it is to drill the meters and spend the money. So we are burning cash. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're looking to end the year with probably about eight to ten million in cash. I guess I would love to know here, Francis, how the hell you got that much cash this spring. I mean, was it because the lithium market was so hot? Is it because you know you've got a really good reputation there on the street as a as an explorationist? I mean, what is it? Because God, so many people, whether it be lithium or gold, would love to even get their hands on a, you know a third of that total. Sure. Yeah. I mean. We, we went out for the financing just as the lithium prices were starting to roll over. So they hadn't completely rolled over yet because we did see that, that uh, correction in lithium prices. It went down about 50%. Mm -hmm. So it was really just at the start of that. So the timing was advantageous for sure. Um, the thing with this project is that it's just so easy to understand because all you do is you show the satellite imagery. I have one photo in the in the corporate presentation is is a drill here and it's pointed at this big wall of pegmatite and when you can visualize things it's it's just so much easier to visualize the potential as well yeah. and I think that's really how we got the 35 million um, the strategy was also important as well so that 35 million it, it all came from institutional investors and people love the strategy People don't really want to wait for an answer, you know, and if they can write big checks, but get the answer quicker, sometimes that's more important. So that was the pitch is we're going to get the answer on this this year and we're going to know how big this district is in, you know, a, a number of months instead of a number yeah, of years. Yeah, uh, tell me more about infrastructure. You said your helicopter supported here with your drill program. So, you know, what's around it and how do you how do you power this thing in your camp? Sure. So that's the other great part of this project is that it's very close to the city of Yellowknife. There's seven different pegmatites that are along a paved highway that goes east of Yellowknife. And the reason we're moving things with helicopter right now is we don't want to disturb the landscape, but we're really only 10 kilometers from an all season paved highway. So that's in the winter. There's a winter road that goes out to camp from the highway so we can move heavy equipment in during those months. Uh, and eventually we'll, we'll build up infrastructure in the area. You know, eventually we'll have, we'll have, maybe we'll have roads out there and maybe we don't have to use helicopters, but it's not like we're out in the middle of Northwest territories, hundreds of kilometers from infrastructure. We are really just outside of town. Okay. Very good. All right. So a lot more drill results to come here, uh, from the project, I assume. I mean, it sounds like all the rest of the summer into the fall, nothing but drill results. Yeah, exactly. So we started the program with two drills and we it's been about seven weeks from from the first drill hole up to the first assays. So now that it's started, there's going to be pretty steady news. And as we get into September, it's really going to start ramping up because we've scaled up to five rigs and all of that, all of that uh, assay data is going to start coming out. Uh, you know, I, and I think I, I obviously already know the answer, but obviously I think people would rather hear from you if they don't already know the answer. But, you know, the market's been inundated with new lithium equities or, you know, old players now pushing into the lithium space. Uh, it seems pretty evident what makes Lyft different than a lot of other players that have, you know, started strategically staking ground in, you know, places like James Bay or elsewhere in Canada. Sure. I mean, 
the, the difference is, is that there's a lithium resource at surface and we have also, we also have a project or three projects in Quebec and that's a different strategy where we don't know where the lithium deposits are, but it's pure exploration, you know? And sure. so a lot of people in Quebec have staked pieces of ground. There is a lot of exploration potential there, but what set, sets lift apart is that you can visualize that this could be a hundred million ton district just based on the surface exposures. And we are just outside the city of Yellowknife. So this is when you look at the infrastructure, the transport infrastructure compared to other Canadian projects, we're 60 kilometers from the city. Some of these pegmatites are 20 kilometers outside the city. And then there's also a rail network or the railhead starts in Hay River in the Northwest Territories. Mm -hmm. So that's also a really important piece of the story because for these spodumene pegmatites, the product that you're producing is a spodumene concentrate. And let's just arm wave for a second. Let's say there's 100 million tons there. It takes about eight tons of ore in order to make a ton of concentrate. Mm. And so then you have 12 million tons of concentrate. And so what does that number mean? I had to do this math because I don't even know what that means. But what that yeah. is, is like filling Sky Dome, the baseball stadium in Toronto, five times from the field wow. up to the top of the dome. So it's an incredible amount of material. And you have to think about that. It's like, where, how do you get five sky domes of material from point A to a lithium converter? You know, it's, it's, you really do need to be close to some kind of infrastructure or it's just not gonna work. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Francis, let's uh, let's talk again here in the, uh, later, maybe late summer, early fall, and uh, get a wrap on more of the drill results as they come our way. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Trevor. All right. All right. Yeah, thank you. All right, that's your uh, introduction and update from Lift Power. Everybody again trading on the CSE with L I F T. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.